Hello from Edale in the Peak District and a very warm welcome to this wintry episode of About the Adventure podcast. I am your host Sarah Lister. My guest is photographer, filmmaker and co-owner of Edale General Store, Sam DeVito. During our interview, I asked Sam why he decided to open a shop in the village, how he brought the idea to life and which direction he would like his career to go in. Right at the end, Sam has a question for you to take away and think about. Welcome to the show, Sam. Thanks, Sarah. So my first question for you, why did you decide to open your own shop here in Edale? Well, it was a bit of a panic button, really, in all honesty, um, and came about because after two months of, or six weeks of, of lockdown, both myself and my partner felt a little bit um, out on a limb, I suppose. Uh, myself, because I'd lost a lot of work, um, a lot of pre-booked work, um, and for Laurel, my partner, I think um, I don't think bo- boredom had set in. You know, the lack of productivity, I think, was a, a becoming a bit of an issue. It's all very nice sitting in your garden eight hours a day and having five o'clock cocktails, but actually without any real purpose after a certain amount of time, it all became quite a struggle. So we sat down and agreed that we needed a project and the village that we live in needed a shop. So we decided to give it a go and that was really... That was really it. That was the, those were the two motivations. The village needed a shop and we needed something to do. How did you bring your idea to life? So that was... I mean, it was a very, there was a very short period between having the idea, let's open a shop, and the shop actually opening. I think it was about four weeks uh, in total and um, it really just involved a lot of research both Laurel and I love food um, and have uh, a shared sort of uh, what's the word I'm looking for a shared shared ideals some shared ideals, I should say, <laughs> about about the world and the things that go on in it. And and so really it was just about sitting down, working out which of those were most important to us in the context of a shop and which of those we could answer or deal with uh, in some way. And um, putting in a shitload of work to get it done in a very short space of time and looking something like a considered business by the time we opened so yeah just a lot of kind of a lot of a lot of research a lot of conversation a lot of bad ideas um, and some compromise how 
did you decide on your first steps? So did you have, did you receive any guidance from anybody on how to start a shop or? Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's, there's <clears throat> we're quite fortunate in so far as Laurel's mum is a, owns a brewery and runs a, a bar, so has some sort of retail, well, a lot of retail customer facing experience. My mum ran a shop for 12 years that she set up um, herself with the help of my dad and um, through that they had friends who'd done similar things who we were able to whose experience we were able to draw on a little bit you know just in terms of really uncovering as early as possible what the potential pitfalls were and drawing on doses of reality which are not always available when you start a new business because you get caught up in the well you don't always pay attention to them maybe because you get caught up in the romance of it all um, it was drawing on all that experience um, mm. all the experience that we had available to us um, but then also, you know, where we live is a fairly, well, a very unique place. And the site that the shop's on is unique in that there's a campsite. Not that campsite shops themselves are unique, but the shop isn't just a campsite shop. It's also a village shop. And so there, there, there were some unknowns too. So drawing on those people's experience, but then also accepting that we were unlikely to get it right first time and not being afraid to um, make some dis decisions and just be aware that we might need to completely flip those decisions <laughs> once, you know, once we're actually open and running. Um, so yeah, a certain amount of shared experience and a certain amount of bravery for want of a better term. What creative skills and experience have really helped you to make it happen? So, in all honesty, I haven't really, but me personally, so I come from a sort of digital uh, marketing, web design, uh, camera, stills and film background. Um, I haven't been able to draw on that much of that myself. Uh, I've been able to have a bit of fun with the camera and I've been able to set up a very basic website without any, you know, having to learn anything new. Um, I guess in its rawest sense, being able to th think creatively and be sort of free of mind when the problem, what do we do, presented itself was a... Was it's kind of the way I, you know, that's the way I choose to exist. Um, it was an exciting proposition because it was a problem that needed creative thinking. Not necessarily the most creative output, but it needed some creative thinking to solve. Um, for, uh, you know, I'm, spe I'm speaking for two people here really because there are two of us involved in the business, but Laurel um, comes from a retail design background and although had never 
set up a shop before had a certain amount of experience to draw on as far as what made a retail experience interesting or enticing. So I think without Laurel's creative experience in that area, we would have been really stuck. If it was just me, we would have had a website and an Instagram <laughs> and a couple of nice pictures um, and lots of nice beer. <laughs> Most importantly. Most importantly. What steps do you think have been integral to your business so far? Okay, so in the... I guess I'd say there's, there's three. One is that initial decision that I talked about earlier that we need to do something, what do we do? Or that initial problem setting and then solving was obviously integral because without it we wouldn't have stumbled upon this um, this thing. We wouldn't have stumbled upon, upon the shop idea. Secondly, the, the need to educate ourselves. So for the first six weeks the shop ran Laurel and I worked seven days a week from six in the morning until 9 p.m. at night doing everything involved in running the shop every aspect of it uh, from fruit and veg runs to finance to marketing to you know serving customers stocking shelves washing floors whatever it was you know that was so important because you know we didn't want to work those hours but we knew that without exposing ourselves to every day and every hour we really would have very little to share if we ever got to a stage that we needed to get help or employ people um, and then the third stage really was recognizing that we were on the cusp of burning out and we were probably ready then to ask for help, get some, pe get some people in, some very lovely people, uh, and take some of the weight off, you know. Um, and that's what's given us that, that stage, probably the most important stage is what's now given us the headspace to look at the next few years um, and start thinking about where this all goes in or out of pandemic. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I feel like we've always had this shop in Edel now. I mean, I've only been living here for two and a half years, about the same time as, amount of time as you, Sam. Yeah. <clears throat> but now I can't imagine life without your shop. <laughs> well, that's very nice to hear. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, not just a place to go and buy goodies, but it's a nice little... Um, well, I think it will be a very nice social hub when people can socialise more. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's, I think that's going back to why the shop is unique. It's serving as a village shop as well as a shop for the campsite is something that will become very, very important. Um, because, yeah, the village shop should be a hub for more than just gossip, but certainly some gossip, I'm sure. Who comes into your shop? So we got the, what's really nice about Edel General Store is that it's a very even mix of um, locals and tourists. Even though I don't like calling that side of 
our customer base tourists because they're not really they come from near and from far and they really only come because they want to go for a stroll um so yeah it's a really heady mix of 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 people who are visiting and um the village itself and you know we're talking people from all walks of life you know all demographics from all parts of the country and some other countries we had a, a couple of greek nut farmers come in uh, to test our nuts um, they were very impressed uh, at the quality of our nuts <laughs> i should probably move on from this subject um, no they were and so you know it's it's um it's really nice because you 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 find you have shared or common ground rather with more people than you thought you ever could have in a very short space of time. <laughs> yeah. I've I've been enjoying your Instagram posts, um, oh, the shop Instagram posts. Yes. Where you've had people who are starting on the Pennine Way. Oh yeah. Or finishing on the Pennine Way, the the runner that um, beat some kind of record what was his name Damien Hall yeah I knew you knew it (laughs) (laughs) yes well done Damien (laughs) yeah so I I enjoy I think that's a really nice extra that you add um, on social media to show some of the characters that pass through Um, yeah I mean it's hard not to exist or work in a space like that without being of the mind that people are to be celebrated Um, I think if you're customer facing and cynical about those sorts of things it becomes quite a difficult role to play but actually if you celebrate everyone who comes into the shop well as much as possible obviously not everyone's (laughs) to be celebrated but you know it's uh, by and large you know we love hearing the stories or the feats or however big or however small that, that people share with us when they come into the shop. And yeah, some people are even willing to have their photo taken, <laughs> which makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, then you still get to do some of your photography. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what experience do you want people to have when they enter your shop? So for us, I suppose in, in its simplest form, it's really just that what they're walking into is well thought out. Uh, For the people that know us, it's that it's a bit of an extension of both Laurel and I and the things that we enjoy and believe in. Um, uh, And that it's a, you know, that it's 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 a comfortable space to be. You know, it's not all about selling chocolate bars and tins of soup you know it's, it's also as a village store as we talked about earlier it's it's somewhere to come and have a chat you know should be a comfortable comfortable space to do that has it worked out how you imagined it to be so far lord no <laughs> uh no i mean it's 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 much 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 harder work than i thought it ever could be um exhausting in fact um, and I, I, I in the first six weeks when um, towards the end of the first six weeks when we realised actually that uh, we were coming to the end of our um, physical and mental 
abilities when I was sleep working, which was an interesting thing. Laurel told me of two, two stories where I got up in the middle of the night. One where I <coughs> got up, unplugged the TV, disconnected the DVD player, took the TV off the um, chest of drawers, put it on the floor, got back into the bed and went, that's the wood sorted. <laughs> uh, and then the other one where... Uh, she woke up to me walking around the house and called after me, are you okay? And I said, yep, just getting the cheese. So, so, yeah, it's been a lot harder work than I ever thought it could be. But by the same token, a lot more fun than I thought it could be um, in such a small space. And it is a small space. Um, but, you know, we're really enjoying ourselves and that's important. Yeah, and I think also thinking that, thinking about the fact that the imagination process was only just a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, well, you say that it's almost nine months ago now. Yeah, it's been a long. T- it's been a long. Is it nine? Nine months ago since the pandemic, isn't it? Started. Yeah, six months or so. Yeah, yeah. Short space of time. Crazy. Time flies when you're busy and having fun. How do you integrate your personal values into your business? Okay, so that, yeah, that was, that was going back to the setting up of the shop. It was a really, there were some things that were really important to us. Firstly, that we worked as hard as we could to find product and produce that was grown, made, designed, whatever, as close to edale as possible edale in the first instance if not edale then hope valley if not hope valley then peak district if not peak district then northwest and so on and so forth um so that was really important along with that sort of slightly uh environmentally and socially conscious thinking we wanted to ensure that we had as fewer plastic products or products that contain plastic or use plastic for packaging as possible in the shop. And, you know, to some extent, it's unavoidable um, to do it 100%, although I'm sure someone out there will say, no, it's not. Um, But within the confines of where we are and what we do and what we have available to us in the shop, we've done, we've managed to make it something like, you know, I mean, this is a throwaway number, but 95% plastic free you know so there are very few plastic items and if they are plastic actually they're generally recyclable anyway um so there's that side of things and then also we opted to make female sanitary products entirely profit free um which still to this day makes me laugh because people come to the counter thinking we've made a mistake (laughs) sort of hoarding (laughs) hoarding sanitary items thinking that we misprinted because they're so cheap Um, but you know that was really important Um, that was a really important aspect initially brought up by Laurel but we embraced it as a shop and we're very proud of it Um, so yeah it was generally sort of within the confines of of the shop what how can we get across who we are and in those three aspects I think we dealt with a few things that were important to us. Oh, and food. God, almost forgot about food. <laughs> we love food. I mean, apart from all of that, we absolutely love food. And so things like fresh fruits and vegetables and not just plumping for the nearest butcher for everything, but cherry picking the, the 
products that we thought were best. Um, uh, and I th we, we, you know, we think we've done a pretty good job of ensuring that there's a really interesting array of um, product because it is, you know, there, there is the option when you set up a shop to just do it really easily, as in employ an external agency to come in and entirely fill your shop with stock that they have sourced themselves. But then that would be the easy route. Um, but then it would have none of us in it and we would just be hosting someone else's idea of what the shop could be and that was not, we weren't up for that, we wanted to do it all ourselves. So where we could have one supplier, we've got about 40, which makes our weekly ordering an absolute nightmare, but it's, but it's, uh, I think it's worthwhile. I love walking into the shop and I just see this expl explosion of colour from all the different fruits and vegetables you have, which I think is, you know, after looking looking back at my local shop when I was younger, <laughs> a whole different experience. I mean, I've never seen a, sh a local shop quite like it. <laughs> that you know, was very kind of you'd say. I mean, that that's a real labour of love, the the fresh fruit and veg. And it started off with me just doing it on a Wednesday morning for the first month or so, but then Laura wanted to give it a go, and it's you know it involves a five o'clock start on a on a Wednesday morning. But we actually both love doing it, so we now go and do it together and make sure that we're back for shop opening. Um, because it's, yeah, it's a real labour of love. We love that fresh fruit and veg. We love picking our own fresh fruit and veg. We love engaging with the guys down at the market. Um, Tony at Total Produce, I should definitely mention, because he put his arm around us when, when we first went in there, absolutely terrified, not knowing what to expect, um, and really helped us. On, the, on, on those lines but yeah I mean it, it, it's, it's, it is I agree a wonderful thing and I love even now to this day for instance when I haven't been working or I've got a day off going into the shop to get my dinner and seeing all of that lovely fresh produce on display it's, it's, uh, it's a real joy Who has helped you along the way so maybe people who are behind the scenes or people who you're who you've employed who's, who's helping you make all of this happen yeah, so there's that old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's really, it really, you know, the, the, the groundswell of support from the village itself, we couldn't have done without. Um, and we made sure that the village were involved as much as possible from an early stage by uh, sending out questionnaires, asking them what they wanted. Um, so, yeah, you know, the village has been huge. Uh, for us from I mean I could name a few people Gordon um, our next door neighbour who's been helping us with uh, he was a national park ranger for 40 years I should say so um, and he's in his 80s oh no sorry Gordon 70s not quite in your 80s you're going to be in trouble I am going to be in trouble <laughs> in his 60s um, <laughs> and has you know uh, stockpiled incredible books that he's been uh, and pamphlets about the Peak District and the National Park which is where we are you know so we wanted the shop to feel like it was really at home in its setting uh, and so he's been helping us out by by giving us lots of these old wonderful old books um, Carol Jameson and Jill Whittaker who gave us plants um, to help um, make the shop feel homely which again was really important to us uh, we love flora fauna and all kinds and so in being able to in, in, you know 
bringing some of the outside in was really uh, important to us. So thank you guys. Um, and then Kay and Morgan, who were open to the idea of, uh, who are our landlords, were open to the idea of us uh, opening up the shop and shared our kind of ethos and idea of what it sh could and should be. Um, so yeah, you know, the village beyond that and perhaps more importantly, the three people that came in, Gabby, Alec and Rose, to help us when we were just about to fall off a, a cliff of ex exhaustion, um, who have been, you know, who've really sort of breathed fresh life uh, into it. Uh, you know, even though our, only after six weeks, um, having them involved has been a, a godsend, really. Um, and without them, as I said earlier, we wouldn't be in such a good position uh, now, looking forward to our first winter and our first full season next year. I think it's fantastic that even during a pandemic that you've been able to offer some people some local employment. Yeah, I mean, and you know, without giving too much away, that's, that's what we want the shop to be in the future. We would like it to be entirely village run. You know, we're not, we live in the village, we're not um, born and bred Edalians and uh, we want to ensure that the shop is there for the village in, 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 in even more ways than it is now and you know we're going to continue working on ideas and ways in which we can make that happen you know we, there is your right to highlight the sort of giving back thing as I said because we're not Edalians this is not you know this is our home now but hasn't been for very long um, and we owe so much to the village um, you know we do little things like give um, the local nursery and the local school free um, fruit boxes every week um, and then when we're able to do more social things you know we'll definitely be involving the village as much in the physical space as possible without them feeling the need to come in and spend money you know which is not what it's entirely what it's about obviously the village shop needs to take money to function but you know it is definitely about contributing to village life more than just financially so we're coming up to winter at the moment yeah. which traditionally is quite a quiet time in terms of tourism should we whisper <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just wondering what what are you working towards at the moment? The most important thing for us is staying open. And that, you know, it doesn't really matter, which is probably where we'll fall down eventually, but it doesn't really matter to us whether the shop is taking any money over winter. It's about it being there for the village because they put up with so much traffic in the summer season I say put up with you know we love having people here but it's there are a lot of people here uh, in the summer um, and um, it would be a shame if the shop didn't repay that um, patience when things are quieter so our main aim over winter is just to stay stay open keep well stocked with loads of fresh fruit and veg and cakes and biscuits <laughs> and all those important things um, 
yeah, and just be there for the village because that's that's really all we ever set out to do. You know, as as I said earlier, as village, you know, as villagers ourselves, the village needed a shop, and a closed shop does nothing for anyone. It is nice to have some activity um, with the pubs closed at the moment. It's nice to have some activity and you know some lights on as such <laughs> as the as the nights are drawing in. You wait till you see our Christmas display. <laughs> Laurel's going to kill me for saying that because it puts a lot of pressure on it. But we're going to have a cracking Christmas display. Well, if it, if um, the Halloween display goes as any standard, <laughs> then I'm looking forward to it. There may or may not be fancy dress. <laughs> That means definitely. <laughs> I will be dressed as Santa for at least 32 days. That may or may not be true. <laughs> okay, we're going to just take a little break and enjoy some coffee because we we are um, sitting outside <laughs> and the sun's gone in. So that we're going to yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go on. We're going to do some star jumps. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and uh, drink some coffee and um, be right back. When do you stop to take a break? I don't. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Obviously, um, it's oh, that's a tricky one. So, in the, in the confines of the shop, we really only had, in terms of time away from. So, we live very close to the shop. So, it's very hard to have real downtime when the even when the shop's shut because the brain's still thinking about you know what we've forgotten or what needs to happen tomorrow or you know um, what's on the admin list um, but we did go away for a weekend a couple of weeks ago to Moulton in North Yorkshire I can recommend it it's a very beautiful part of the world um, and that was important for us because um, even getting out of the valley uh, for a short period gave us um, a real boost mentally um, it's good to look at different views once in a while even though there are plenty around here but you know we are surrounded by walls so being able to get out beyond them um, for a significant amount of time was really good but I mean I try and give myself time to read uh, to practice taking photos uh, making films um, and that's 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 all really important listen to podcasts I'm a bit of a science nerd I love uh, space so I listen to a lot of space related podcasts um, as often as possible you know it's it's when you're really in the thick of hard work for extended periods it's very difficult but finding those little pockets of space to let your mind loose a little bit or you know release the shackles I guess um, of that hard work is, is, is really vital so as often as possible would be the answer. What do you notice happens if you don't take out time for yourself? Oh it's horrible Sarah it's horrible. <laughs> um, torture. Torture. <laughs> no it's you know it's I'll have to talk about it in, in, in two different terms you know as far as the shop's concerned so much of the shop is about engaging with people and if you are exhausted and you know not at your best then it's very very difficult to give your best um, and people are, are relying on you to 
you know deliver a certain level of service I suppose and keep this you know the stock sh- uh, the shelf stocked etc in terms of creative practice the worst outcome of no downtime is bad output um, and I think it's so important to particularly for me you know I'm by no means a seasoned creative but without some headspace without some uh, room for the brain to breathe um, I notice sort of you know detrimental effects on my work so yeah it's um, it's really important to switch off once in a while does it impact other areas of your life as well as your work um I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, mental health is a hot topic at the moment, particularly during these unprecedented times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's not good. I know it's not good for me not to take time off. Um, I'm a kinder person when I'm well rested. I'm certainly nicer to be around. Sorry, Laurel. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, who wants to live with Grumpy Sam? <laughs> He's never grumpy, by the way, listeners. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Grumpy Sam. Oh, that's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> behind closed doors. Behind closed doors, yeah. Behind this smile is a furious man. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew, I obviously knew you before the shop. <laughs> you did. So it strikes me that you are very much someone who cares about your work. Yeah. So... Why do you care about your work so much that you dedicate so much time and energy to it, involve people? Where does that come from, do you think? That's a really good question. I really get, I, I, get, I mean, I get a real sense of, of, I get a real sense of satisfaction and fulfilment from being productive. Bear in mind, productivity for me is boiling an egg as much as it is making a five minute film as much as it is making sure that enough tinned pear slices on the shelf in the in the shop but you know I do I, I, I do genuinely really enjoy well making things I suppose um, on whatever plane um, in terms of I mean, when you say sharing it, do you, you mean, why do I involve other people? Do you mean in terms of the shop or just... Just in general, just general. like you seem to work really hard and you bring other people into your yeah. projects. They seem, your projects seem very whole and right. very deep and meaningful. It doesn't seem like you work on a surface level, let's say. I think the you know it, it's it's a very selfish thing, but I love being around people. Um, I love as much as I love my solitude, I have to say. But you know, I do love being around people. I love watching other people um, work their way through things, um, particularly when it's in the context of you know a project I'm involved in. I love seeing other people succeed. I love. Um, I take it back to it's a slightly voyeuristic thing, but I take it I take this all the way back to being a teenager 
I was never the one playing the computer games. I was always the one watching my friends do it. I don't know why, but I got much more satisfaction from watching a friend complete a level <laughs> or score a goal or pot a ball or whatever it was than I did from doing it myself. And I guess in some way that carries through to adult life. I really enjoy the community aspect of work or the social aspect of work. Yeah, I've definitely noticed you doing that in a social context as well. And I mean that in a good way. Like in the pub, for example, I sometimes see you kind of almost in the background a little bit and just observing and smiling and almost like you're capturing that moment. You haven't got your camera in your hand, mm. but it's somehow like you're capturing it and you, you see, I, I see this warmth over your face. <laughs> People are amazing. <laughs> and you know people say funny things and do amazing things and are in, you know we're incredible creatures particularly when under pressure and it's yeah I love spending time with people so we're nearing the end uh -oh. although I would love to sit out here until summer <laughs> but my knuckles are blue <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're matching your jumper <laughs> Which direction would you most like your career to move towards from this point now? I would... That's an, OK, so I would probably shift that question ever so slightly and say which directions would I like my career to go in? Um, because I'm very... You know, I, I, I... Again, it's a very personal thing, but I like to be multifaceted as much as possible in my approach to working life um, and it's probably because I just in simple terms I get bored easily but um, in terms of the future now I see the shop um, I see the shop in the future as being you know village run and simply overseen um, by myself and Laurel um, I'd like to get my camera back in, ha in hand more often professionally although that's starting to pick up again now which is great uh, and do more commercial work um, there but also through running this shop I've sort of not reignited a love for food but realised that actually I would love food to be there's so much to discover out there and in the absence of I don't feel like I have the capacity or desire particularly to want to travel for the rest of my life. So I'm going to have to bring all the food to me. Um, and so I definitely see a tertiary project around food, but online maybe. Um, so that's something that I'm toying with at the moment. So yeah, less direction, more directions. Very intriguing. <laughs> So there may be another podcast yet, another episode, <laughs> sorry, with you. Oh. <laughs> How has your perspective on life changed since you moved to Edel from London? Yes, that there, London. So there's a funny story, actually, that Laurel, my partner, reminded me of. And a friend of mine, Ellie, told her that when I was 25, 
odd. I turned around to Ellie and said, Ellie, I was flicking through an A to Z the other day, as you do, <laughs> and realised that I'd been living on the same square for most of my adult life. And I'll tell you, that square was page 88, C5. <laughs> um, I remember that so well. Um, I don't know which A to Z that was, so don't, don't go checking it. But um, And I think even though it took me 10 years to you know, from that date to uproot myself from what I was so used to living or so comfortable with. I mean, bearing in mind, I'd done lots of traveling, you know, in that time and since, and, you know, so I'd been around, but I'd always gone back to that, that one square. Um, and it took me 10 years to uproot myself, but I think what Edel in the first instance has shown me that that was a good move and the right decision but also that I have so much to learn and so many f new friends to make and that's not something I want to stop doing ever. Um, yeah, and Edel I think has really ratified that for me. Okay, so to round things up. <laughs> yeah. What question would you ask somebody who is thinking about trying out a new project during this pandemic, but they have concerns about going off track from their longer term career? I suppose, if not now, then when? You know, we live in such a messed up time that it's really a free for all. You know, it's, it's, there is, if you have the space in your working life or your career traje trajectory and the motivation to try something new, now is the time to do it. You know, um, it's a free run. You get to go back to your career as you saw it, if that's what you choose to do at some time in the future when things return to, in inverted commas, normal. Go for it. Oh no, that was advice. I didn't want to give advice. That's fine. <laughs> Every, no, it's fine. Just, just go with whatever. There's no rules. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if not now, when? I mean, this is a great time to try something new, you know, and, and if things are, if the world is realigning, you know, and priorities are being reset all over the place, which I'm pretty sure they are, and I'm pretty sure the world is, then now is the time to take that leap. If not now, when? Thank you so much, Sam, for agreeing to sit outside in the freezing cold. <laughs> when you have your, your partner working away in the shop that you need to rush back to and a freezing cold little dog on your lap. <laughs> he is cold, isn't he? But his nose is twitching, so he's still alive, which is good. We'll get him back to somewhere warm now. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Sam. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Please see my show notes and blog posts for more information about my guest at abouttheadventure.com. You are very welcome to get in touch with me if you'd like to send us any questions or comments. I'll be back soon with another episode. <laughs>